everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Real Talk with Bihake. Today we are joined by Osasu Edobo, a social activist and gender advocate. She is the founder of THR Hub, a social enterprise using new media and technology solutions in helping women and girls break free, find shelter, and recover from sexual and gender-based violence, which includes domestic violence, trafficking, and other types of exploitation. She is also the curator of the Hafessions app, an anonymous online platform that connects survivors of domestic and sexual violence to receive support and counseling. Hi, Osasu. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, hi, Chinelor. It's good, good to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about THR Hub and Hafessions? So just like you said, um, the focus of you know, as a, as a web summary, the focus of THR Media is, you know, finding um, ways to use technology and new media to provide solutions for women, um, you know, to, to break free from um, the vices that are sexual gender-based violence. Um, so a lot of what we deploy will be how do we create, how, do, how does technology work for us? How, for example all the things that we use, you know, how, how, if technology can be used to buy and sell, how can we use it to um, get women to find help, you know, uh, for these ills that, that is gender-based violence. So that brings me to, to, to speak on um, Hafessions, which is one of, the, uh, um, one of our creations regarding, you know, just finding solutions. And Hafessions app, basically, it's a, uh, it's a platform. It's currently on Google Play Store, um, and 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 there contains resources for people who have experienced domestic violence, who have experienced rape, um, and you know just basically finding the varying op- uh, opportunities or help, right? The service providers who can help them. So, if you're looking for shelter, if you're looking for where to go for help needs. Or, or if you're looking for legal help or um, just generally just finding a community of people who understand what you've been through, who can provide support for you, then the Hafessions app is, um, you know, where to go. Um, some of the things, some of the, some, of the, some of the unique features of it is that it's also for, um, it helps people with, uh, with, dis- with um, disabilities. So, it reads it's it's a uh, so for the hearing impaired uh, sorry for the for the sight you know for people with without without their sight you, it reads to you you know but another thing about it is also that it protects your privacy so it's anonymous you don't have to go there you know with your name or anything because that's one of the things that is attached to abuse the stigma of it right so it's an anonymous pl- platform that you know women can use you know, to get um, help and all of that. That's really great. Um, so in your own terms, can you explain to our listeners what is domestic violence and or abuse? Okay. Um, so I'm not going to use textbook terms. I'm going to use terms that people can recognize because I realize that some people, when you tell them that if you say, are you in an abusive relationship, they'll tell you no. But all of the signs are there. All of the symptoms are there. Um, so a domestic abuse 
um, case or relationship is one where you really literally do not have a voice, where you are scared of your partner, where, whether if you're, either you are scared to be hit or scared to make a contribution because to have an adverse effect as simple as silent treatment, um, where you know you don't have resources, you don't have control of the resources, is either you are denied. Um, you know, financial help or even your own resources, you don't have control over it. So domestic abuse is comes in different forms. It's it's it can be emotional, such that you do not get the support that you should get from a partner. Um, you know, or you are you are afraid literally. So it's either you are you you know simple things like you can't hang out with friends any longer, or being isolated from people that you knew before or, you know, even from family and friends, you know, there are women who are married who can't go uh, to their parents or to their sisters at will. They have to take permission. And even when that is done, they still can't go ahead. So basically all of that, you know, is abuse where you are not free to be yourself. A relationship is supposed to be a relationship of love and understanding and communication. So when you are in a relationship that deprives you of that love, understanding, and communication, to a large extent, that is what you know it represents. So I've, de- I've described emotional abuse. You know, it's also it can also be physical. I think that's what people know. Yeah. If it's so, so you hear things, and I, I want to use uh, pa- pa- palances that are that we are familiar with. So someone will say to a woman, if a woman, for example, is complaining, and they will say to her. Does he hit you? And if you say no, does he provide for the children? You know, and you say yes, then they'll ask you what is wrong with you? What again are you looking for? You know, because marriage as it were is defined as oh, he didn't hit you. But you know, there are other things beyond physical abuse. So yes, physical abuse is that you have maybe someone punches you, slaps at slaps you. Now physical abuse is even more subtle than you being hit. It, it, it can also be that, you know, he's so angry, he's break things, he's breaking things, you know, he's throwing things at you. So it doesn't mean that they have to slap you or kick you or hit you. It can just be, you know, as a way of, you know, showing their, um, you know, their own turmoil, as it were. They smash things. So I've heard of people who their phones have been smashed, um, you know, their you know, their, their, their valuables have been trashed and burnt. That's physical abuse. Um, so, yes, so there's that. Um, financial, we, we have, you know, an idea. So there are women who are in their homes. They don't have control of their own money. They have to take permission from, um, and by, by they don't have control of their money. It's not that they're in a joint account, you know, but it's just the fact that they do not have a say on how to spend their money. Or even when they do not have money, they are deprived, you know, such that the spouse, and, and, and a lot of times I'm referring to domestic violence, I'm talking about women, because yes, while there are men who suffer these things, a lot of, it, the, the largest percentage of, of um, people who fall into the category of being abused are women. Right, so, um, so like, like I was saying, the, you know, so if, if you have a husband or a spouse or, a living partner who deprives you of, you know, money. He doesn't give you any money. You ask and you are deprived. That's financial abuse. So I've, I've literally, I've, I've, I've explained emotional 
I've explained physical, I've explained financial, you know, and those are, I know there are a lot more. Um, I'm trying to juggle my, my memory mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, I have all of that um, giving up. But, you know, basically, that's all of these things are domestic abuse, you know, domestic violence. That's what they constitute, right? So um, that, that, that's, you know, just a little way to explain it. Okay. I like how you broke it down to actual things that people do. Most times people say that it's very difficult to spot the signs of abuse in relationships and they don't realize it until they are married and or it's too late. How do you think that people can spot the signs in relationships? Okay, fantastic. So, um, fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, well, you know, so these things are some, I, I would say that these are, these are my opinions. This is my opinion, what I'm going about yeah. to say. Um, a lot of times, truth be told, the signs are there. A lot of times. However, in the course of work, in the time that I've done, you know, the, in, the, in the period of working, you know, and, ex- and just experience with people, I realized that there's some of some people who fall into abusive marriages, the signs were never there. It was, it was, it, what, what happened was what I would call acculturation, meaning um, everybody evolved and someone just evolved and had, um, you know, a turnaround as it were. So more t- often than not, yes, the signs were there. So I'll speak to what the signs could have been that you probably um, didn't look, at, look out for. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm also at the point where I'm not giving blanket statements to cover everything. So yes, there's some people genuinely have seen a few cases that, and they are the exception, right? Where um, they are, they don't have this. It wasn't there. The sign was never there. They didn't see that. Yes, they were a bit of, but you know, the sign was basically not never there, and it was just a matter of evolving and you know growing apart, you know. And so you know that began to happen. So I haven't laid that foundation. Um, you know, there are a couple of signs. Um, and and and, the, and they're simple things like how does he treat people you know just how does he treat people if he's if he yells at anybody if he yells at anybody that he he loves how does he treat people he loves and how does he treat people he hates or you know he's, he dislikes hate is a strong word so how does he treat people he loves and how does he treat people that you know he has um you know a disregard for that's how you know how he will treat you in the long run Right. So particularly for people that he loves, if he feels, if he's, and you know, is he possessive? Those are signs. Is he possessive? People, we, we sometimes we look at possession as jealousy. And, and, and there's a thin line. There's a very thin line. But it's obvious. You can tell. So if you're a driven woman and all of a sudden you are with someone who doesn't like you going going out, you know, doesn't want you having male friends, but he has some female friends, doesn't want you, particularly if you are, because I know women who they have more male, more male friends than female, you know, female friends. That's a debate on its own. But I know people who, who, have, who have that, which, and, and that's someone like me. Uh, however, if he's not comfortable around your friends, that's also another sign. Why isn't he comfortable around your friends? Because at the end of the day, when you are getting married, your company 
you can't your life can't revolve around your marriage alone right your life can so how how is how is he so i'm just stating like different different things you know, so how is he around you know how, like i said how is he around um your friends does he does he name call you know is he you no know, does he you know constantly checking up on you where you are you know what you're doing that's it that's a red flag um you know um things like does not respecting your boundaries your personal boundaries if you say i don't want this done no someone trying to trying to constantly cajole you to do things or make your own opinion small regard wherever he is you know or someone who you have a little quarrel with i'm like i'm i'm trying very hard not to label them and give you english names to this but just scenarios that you know you can hit it and say oh my god this happened you know or um someone who is angry with you and then you know for example they shut you out you know i always find it very manipulating you know that someone can as it were we, we say it we say it in nigerian parlance is keeping malice you know but if if you are able to if there's so, if you have someone like that who can literally shut you out you, that's it that's a sign because it means that because marriage amplifies things right whatever it is that you don't like about someone before you get married trust me before you get married that thing multiplied by 1 million or 1000 yeah but i'm serious i'm serious like multiplied by 1 1 million is me trying to exaggerate but yeah for the purpose of this exact let me exaggerate multiplied by 1 million that's what it's going to be because marriage actually amplifies things so marriage will amplify the good stuff and marriage will also amplify the bad stuff and that's why the good stuff, right, are taken for granted. So people take their partners for granted, you know, and that's what the good stuff is. But the bad stuff, they're going to be amplified. So you want to check all those, all, those, all those things, you know. Is it constantly pressuring you to do stuff, you know, um, that, you want, that you don't want, want to do? You know, constantly pressuring you, making their own opinions higher than yours. Um, how does he, what's his, what, how does he protect you? How does he respect your opinion? You know, so those are the little, little things that, you know, you want to check out for. And then now that you're looking at, okay, what are the signs to avoid, you know, because at the end of the day, so I, I'm, and I'm taking this as a, as a point to say, well, most relationships lead to marriage, but you know, the relationships that don't lead to marriage and they are, you know, you want to also look at, you know, what's, what is his relationship with his family? Because if he relates, the way he relates his family is the way he's going to relate with you. You you become family. So those are you know just some of the things that you know. Once you once something once someone is with you and you don't feel good about yourself, what's your what's your self esteem like around this person? Those are signs. Those are simple things that you know. What how good do you do you feel around this person? Does is the person proud of you, or does the person self-esteem you know is best self-esteem affected because of you in a bad light such that the person you can tell that the person has low self-esteem or is trying to always put you down just to feel you know to have some level of it so those are things that you want to check and you know be um you know so it looks like a tall list but trust me there are people who don't you know have to go through all of that you know and yeah so that 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 that's like you know some of the signs that i can i will share
it's a tall list but it's very necessary yeah very very yeah let's talk about marriages when people already find themselves in such situations where they've gotten married and then they realize that the person is abusive like what are the things to do or not to do because everyone always has opinions of what should be done but most times the victims are living in fear and thinking about their lives their children and more so what are your thoughts so i will start it i will start my i'll start my i'll start my response with um um with something very different from from what this from well just a little slightly uh, different opinion and i'll say that adversity is good mm-hmm. adversity is good um and i say that for a lot of reasons a lot of times we are scared of the unknown we are scared of you know what people will say we are scared of that's like the cultural bias that is the problem and that's why it feels like when you are in a crossroad you are you are, you are worried you're not worried about how you will turn out you are more worried about what people will say than not so that's why i said adversity is good so because if we take away what people will say about it the truth of the matter is that you will learn and you will grow through it check there's nothing there's nothing not a any no no phenomenon no nothing in this life has not had to go through a straining even gold for example you want gold you have to put it through the furnace right so so the truth of the matter is that that's for me the concept just understanding that adversity is good right takes away a lot of the pressure that we put on issues now that's 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 i needed to lay that foundation so you someone is in the marriage things are not you know um you finally find out that you are in an abusive marriage right what do you do um people will tell you stay for the children um you know find a way um you know the all sorts of things but they are more leaning to stay for the children endure um they are more uh, uh uh what's the word now uh, dangerous statements like pray uh and you know it's an nigerian slogan watch war room you know and i'm sure the, <laughs> the, the 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 u.s guys who made that movie i'm sure that's what tyler perry who made them but i'm sure that's not what he wanted even if that's what he wanted i i need him to get married so that he can go through that situation himself you know but you know so they say all kinds of crazy stuff you know and we are pressured as people we are pressured as people to listen because it feels like um there's a repeat of these kinds of things so what did that other woman do did she succeed and all of that and we are superstitious people primarily but speaking about this in the nigerian context right and you know in in generally in any context but just looking at nigerian women and how their responses and how they should respond to this thing I think that you should find counsel. Um, you know, it, it might look like a lot, so it, it will be difficult to say, okay, make my decisions because you're making your decisions on the go. They are spur of the moment decisions. The first thing, the very first thing you should do is find safety. Find it. Like if you have to leave, 
you need to go hiding for a day or two find it and i'll use the case study you know which was you know the the case that was um, um online very recently oh. a woman came online posted showed a bloody face and by by afternoon she was reconciled with her spouse i don't want to go into the extra detail of the fact that i was a governor uh, and then there was a press conference because most women won't get a governor or a press conference what most women we get is my family meeting uh, which is their press conference, and that's where they will have the. Now the woman will still beg, or the man will say, "I'm sorry," and she will go back. Or if it's not a family meeting, it will be a church intervention. So yes, so everybody does that. Just that her own case was the governor, so it will either be a church intervention, or you know the imam comes, blah 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 blah. blah. Um, or if it's traditionally, they even go into sacrificing. You pay a fine, you drop a goods. So it's literally the same protocol that women go through. However, just that this woman was publicized. But the first thing I'll tell women to do, don't post on social media. You're giving yourself a lot more pressure. Don't post. What you should have is evidence. So yes, if she had, you know, do a video of that, you know, take, if you have, as it were, evidence, you've been hit, something, something, you, or he's shouting, have a recording, yes. But do not post on social media. You just increased your pressure rate to you know to a thousand because people are going to sensationalize it they're not doing it for the empathy they're just going to sensationalize so you've already created an unnecessary um pressure for yourself so have it as evidence if our systems work fantastic then you can follow through however but the first thing is you can keep your evidence and then you follow it up you know, with the proper um, uh, 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 available channels. And the truth of the matter is that there are available channels. And that's why, because the you know, Nigeria is the way it is, there are support systems everywhere. There's really nowhere you will go that you will not find support. And that's literally what professions can do for you and all other NGOs that work in, that, in this space. You're able to hold your hand and say, okay, now you have evidence. Fantastic. Have you gone to the police? Okay, if you have not gone, we'll go together. Do you need a lawyer? Of course you need a lawyer and all of that. Some, some cases, and cases I've handled, don't have to go all the way to sent, uh, sentencing, like a jail term. A lot of times, therapy can do the work. So, for example, if, you're, if it's not at the point of physical abuse and you find that things are wrong, communication is always an issue, like there's communication breakdown. So it's, if, you can, if you can't speak to your spouse any longer, as it were, where there is a consensus, then therapy can do that. It's in the case where therapy isn't being heeded, and which is, which is typical. A lot of us do not pay, you know, um, uh, you know we, don't, we don't give reverence as it were to. So, and, and, and look at, let's be honest, how many people go to the hospitals you know, to even get treated for malaria. We'll rather go to a pharmacy, you know, and all of that. So that's how we don't take these things very seriously. So you can imagine malaria, you're not going to hospital. Is it, is it, uh, is it uh, emotional abuse? Yeah, we like self-medication. You know, like what, you know, they'll say, ah, well, we don't get mad in this night. So if you're going to say hospital, they're like, ah, no, I'm not mad. Why am I going there? You know, that's the only emotional uh, health challenge that we know. 
that if you, it's the only way I'm running mad, I'm going naked. That's when you go to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you know. So that, so, so there are a lot of things to change in our system. However, when you get to that point where you know you can't take it any longer, particularly, I always say particularly when emotional abuse is already in it. Because for me, that's strongest than a physical abuse. Because of emotional abuse, your self-esteem begins to leave you. And if there are children in that marriage or in that relationship, they get affected. They see children copy. They see they are they they live up what is right in front of them. So you also so before something gets to physical abuse, it's 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 gone really bad. Because how do you get to the point where you've been so cowed down that someone hits you and it's okay? I, I, I saw I saw sometime online which is why our work is very online, like trying to, you know, change the norms and the culture of how people are. And a lady wrote and said, come, if your boyfriend doesn't beat you, he doesn't love you. What? And Yeah. And to be honest, I laughed. But in that laugh, you know, just like, like, you, like you just shared, there's a lot of deep-seated pain because I'm like, how did she get to the point where she actually thinks that it is love that drove a boyfriend to beat you. How? What did she see? What examples did she see growing up? But the honest truth is that a lot of women think that. Oh, a lot of women do think that, uh-uh, you're beat you, anyone corrects you now in Nigerian palace. You won't correct you. Uh-uh, he only beats now, he beats you now. No, he won't correct you now. You know, you're wondering... Okay, so it's a man's place to correct a woman now. Who is correcting him? Okay, so when he annoys me, can I beat him too? You know, so those are little, little things that, you know, we need to begin to, um, so we need to talk about these things a lot more. Let people realize that, no, this is faulty thinking and this is faulty um, behavior. So like I said, you are ha- in that kind of situation, report the issues. If you have evidence, it's not to be shared with the pub, in the public domain. Evidence is to be shared with um, um, law enforcement agencies. They are the ones who are able to use evidence. But if you bring it to social domain, what you want is social justice. And a lot of times, social justice comes with its pressure, particularly pressure that is not good because it's the society that still shames women who live. It's the same society that perpetuates um, the cycle of abuse. So truth of matter is that society cannot help you. It's, it's our laws with a guide that can help you and get redress for you, you know, in, in, over these things. I totally agree. In our society, there's a burden on women that your sole purpose in life is to get married. And once you get married, you have to do everything. You can't stay in that marriage. And I think it's just wrong and it causes more harm than good. I like how you say that people just um, say pray or watch war room because that brings me to my next point on the church. The general response of the church in such um, situations is to quote the Bible verse that says you're not supposed to get divorced or you're supposed to serve your husband, he's the head of the home and all that. But they forget to read the whole passage that also says that the husband should love his wife the way Christ loves the church. Can you just tell me your opinion on this common theme of the church convincing victims to remain in such homes and when does it become enough? 
Okay, so so the specific the specific scripture that people quote is God hates divorce. <laughs> but God does not hate the divorcee. Mm. It's as simple as that. God doesn't hate the divorcee. So that's my answer. However, you know, so this is this is the thing. Um the the, the society has failed us. And by society's church is mosque, is even the even the law enforcement sometimes, right? So I I like to take the conversations usually away from the religious um, um, settings, and and I'm not saying I'm excusing them, but I say that to say that um, we need to get to the point where we are humans, we feel our own um, you know issues differently. So you must do you. You see that whole thing that people talk about motivational speaking do you do you do you literally <laughs> society norms you like this is the way we should do things yeah. which is okay but there are circumstances that are peculiar to you that you must do you and that's where you know slight changes begin to come up but you know just speaking to religious settings and how women are promoted continually as weaker vessels it's because Society is generally a patriarchal society. So who is interpreting the Bible? It's not the men. <laughs> so they will interpret it as it is comfortable to them. Meanwhile, the Bible is a living, living document. If we as women would just be more open, you will be shocked at the things that clearly come to you as revelation. But, you know, I'm not going to, because I'm a, very, I'm a person of faith, and, and, and these are, you know, deep conversations, but... We're talking about in the context of abuse. So I'll simply say this. Most churches are beginning to realize that that's not a stance to take. You know, it, it, it just, of course, they are still subtle, say things as subtly as, but a lot more churches are realizing now that if it's going to the point where somebody's going to die, they will ask the person to leave. Yeah. You know, you know so, so that's, that, nobody's even saying, saying, oh, get divorced. Of course, even our Nigerian laws don't just let you get divorced immediately. You have to go through separation first before, you know, that. So there's already an acculturation that is there guiding, you know, and that tells you how patriarchal our society already is. Yeah. Right. So the whole context of woman submits to the husband, there's the part where the, the Bible, that same Bible says man, love, and loving to the point where you, you, are, you, are, you die like Jesus died for the church. How many men can stand a, a, a nail? Let's not go too far. Just a nail going through their hands. So that's what that's kind of love that Bible says you should have for your wife. If that is even a fraction of the love that men practice in Nigeria, since we're using the Nigerian context, we will not have issues. We will have less issues. But there's a lot of self-serving love being you know, passed around. And that's that's honestly what you know patriarchy you know propagates you know the other person is weaker the other person has no voice you know there's a power play that's what that's what that's where all of these things are so i would say to a christian woman um this is not and, and i say that for me for, you know with all sense of responsibility and as a person of faith myself and that is that don't shortchange yourself because of the pressure of a church community because that's what it is we always 
are thinking about what will people say. That's where the problem is. The problem is not, you're not thinking about how am I going to fend for the children? How am I going to, if they're children, that is, how am I going to pick up the pieces of my life? While those questions are there, they are secondary questions. The first question is, what will people say? And for me, I find that very disturbing because these are people that probably came for your wedding, didn't give you any gifts, ate your food for free, you know, and this is taking you to the extreme, ate your food for free, even insulted you that there was no pepper in your rice, and then leave your wedding with your souvenirs. Don't care about how you lived your marriage, but all of a sudden they hear that you are you are going through a rocky time and they're like, hmm, I knew it. But quite not loud, they need to purge. But yeah, but this is just me being, you know, jovial about it. But so you can imagine, people, the honest truth, people don't really care. If it's not for news and gist, people don't really care. And of course, this is me also saying that, you know, we need to get to the point where we begin to become empathic and, you know, just do things because we want to, not because that's what everybody's doing. You know, so, you know, just, and that was an aside, but I'm just saying, you know, live for you, you know, live, you know, there's a slang we say, we say live to live, live as in L-E-A-V-E, to live, L-I-V-E, like live to live. So if you need to take a break, I always say to women, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I remember there was a conversation I had with a young man, and you know, he laughed about it. And I said, if you have to leave 10 times and come back and leave and come back, do it. It's just that the earlier you realize that <laughs> you can't stay here, the better for you. But if you have to leave, leave. If you are convinced at that point that your life is threatened, leave. And another thing that we need to do, even as advocates, this is just me saying to advocates and family members who have people who are going through these kinds of things, is the honest truth, you really can't get tired to the point where you leave them alone, where you leave the victim alone. Because a lot of times, victims will go and come back, go and come back to that situation, and you become exasperated because it now feels like, oh, you are the one who is the quote-unquote um, uh, third party. You are the one who doesn't want the marriage to work and all of that. You really can't get it. Particularly when you see a genuine case of the woman being in trouble. You know, It will take a while for her to come to her senses and realize, I can't do this any longer. But she must always know that there's somebody who will help her no matter what. Because I've had those issue, issues with some women who have, who have had to work with, who, you know, they've done that dance two, three times, and at the third time, they were completely alone. They didn't have family support. They didn't have anyone support. But they did it at the, at the, end, at the long run, and it was more stressful. But you don't do this kind of thing without support. You don't, because normally the world is wired against your, you know, um, you know as, as they were. So you, you so... This is just an extra to say for advocates, for family, for family members who have loved ones in these positions, you really can't get tired. You must assure them that no matter what, we're here. No matter. It can be annoying, but no matter what, we're here. Yeah. That, that's great. Um, I also want to talk about something that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about marriages. And you brought up the topic of children. Sometimes victims say that they stayed because of the children and providing for them. I personally think that this is worse because the children are then forced to grow up in such situations and it affects them mentally and in many other ways. 
So what are your general thoughts on this? So yes, it's the same opinion um, that I hold. Um, no child deserves to grow in a home that, that is, an, is abusive. It's, it's a broken home, whether the father and mother are there together or not. It's a broken home. We know we have, you know, we have a way of labeling children who are, who are raised by single parents. But, you know, I know people who are married, who bear misses something, who have a husband, but they are single moms. <laughs> they raise the kids alone. The father is never there. He just gives birth to more children. And even if they are past giving birth age, he's never really there. The mother is, is the father and mother, even in a marriage. So, you know, so the truth of matter is that a lot of this answer, the coach route and say, do you, do you, don't stay for the children. Is it, does it, because, you, because what, what you do is that you, you let the children live through secondary trauma and that's worse because what they are doing is that they're living your life. They can't see the trouble that you're going through. So the children, will see the fights, the children, will see the name calling, the children, will see the deprivation of the finances, the children, will see all these things and will normalize it. Because children only do what they see, not what they are told. Mm. So there will be children who will do these things and will see them as normal. So that's why a girl will see a guy beat her and she will not question it because she has seen her mother live through it. Or a young man will see the father and mother constantly arguing and how the mother talks back to the, to the father. And so he will ensure that if he's with a girlfriend, she will never talk back to him. Because he has seen that every time his mom talks back to her father, she, he, you know, he gets the father, because children can see ego. Children can see, you know, shame. They can see it. You think that you do, but they can see it. So children, so the boy can see, oh, his father is at any time the mother talks at his father, he's so shamed that he beats her. So because he will vow that he will never beat a woman because he saw his mom. However, he has picked up the vice of, so she will not talk back to me. You know, so these things are, they as what, see, second trauma is as warped as it can be. So if you are in such a situation and people tell you to stay because of the children, what's the, okay, so the children grow, you have money to take care of them, but they turn out very emotionally imbalanced people. Are those people, isn't that, isn't that the reason why society is the way it is? Yeah. But if you are able to leave, you pick your pieces together. Nobody, now nobody says it's going to be easy. And that's why we always emphasize, find a support system. It's not going to be easy. There are days you're going to wish you, did not, you, you shouldn't have left. There are days you're going to be broke and you're going to be wondering where the next meal will come from. But that's why there's a support system because there will be now better days that you would have lived through all of that. And then, you know, you'll be able to say, thank God I did this for my children. But you see what capitalized on and why the stigma stays is that a lot of times society sees when the woman is struggling, you know, when she's completely broke, when she has lost all her dignity, you know, and so society capitalizes on that bad part and say, you, go so, you are going to go and suffer in pigeon, you, you, go, you go go suffer. You're just going to suffer yourself. So society sees that and normalizes that that is the problem that comes with living. And that's why I said at the very beginning that adversity is good. 
But we, we, as a people, we don't like it. But that's what we all go through. For you also get to, if you are, if you want to, if you want to become a chartered accountant, you must do ICANN. And everybody knows that ICANN is work. Even I'm not an accountant, but I know my friends who are writing ICANN. It's like they want, they want to die. Imagine doing all of that, or you, or a medical student, all of that time of studying. That, that's war. That's adversity. Going to school is adversity because nobody likes to read, you know, for exam, as it were. You know, so there are things that we do just because we know that there is light at the end of the other tunnel. So we need to realize sometimes, most times, adversity is good. So once we are able to see that, we're able to say, okay, I will suffer it, yes, but my children will not live to normalize this, this, this um, habit because the truth of the matter is that they are formed, they are formed with it. It will take longer time and money to correct that when they are older. Yeah. But if you live and they're still young and whatever, you can, you can change it by bringing good examples around them. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. It just repeats the cycle of abuse. The children go on and some become abusers, some go into abusive relationships, some can't function in relationships at all due to the emotional imbalance and all. In conclusion, um, where do you think we can go from here as a society? I remember listening to a show and they mentioned the Nigerian constitution and the rights of women. Like in the penal code, white beating is allowed as long as it doesn't amount to grievous hurts. So that means like a man can beat his wife short of inflicting injuries on her face and disfiguring her face and things like that. It's allowed within the law. And then also um, an assault on males is punishable by a minimum of three years imprisonment. But a similar offense like an assault on a female is treated as a mere misdemeanor and it's punishable by a maximum of two years imprisonment and I was like wow so I started doing some research and I discovered a couple of policies that had been brought up but majority of them have not taken effect yet so what are your general thoughts on where you think we can go from here as a society so so, so the truth of the matter is that for me the basic, 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 like the root cause of all of this is our gender norming and stereotyping. Yeah. You know, that's where the cause of all of this is from. And basically just the perpetuation of patriarchy. Um, so we'll keep working at trying to you know, just changing all of those things. And, and you know, we've done, I, I like to say that we've done well for ourselves because now there are more women who know their onion. There are more women who are comfortable in their own skin. There are more women who are not pressured quote-unquote, into marriage or marriages yeah. and all of that. So, yes, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of policies, you know, to be formulated. Of course, there are um, conversations and, you know, just general, um, as it were, awareness, you know, and creating policies that are, that, are, that are beneficial to women, you know. So there's that. There's also, you know, just also creating awareness to the general public. But more than anything else, for me, I'm very particular about norming, social norms, stereotype, gender stereotyping. Um, so, so these are questions that will normally, I, I would always normally ask when I'm, in, when I'm doing something like this. Because I think that it's important that we ask ourselves these questions and find these answers. I know the answers, but, you know, it's important. Who says that when a woman gets married, 
she must change her name. Why? And now the new thing we do in this in this generation is that you don't just take the guy's son, you won't take his name. So if you are Rita and you and you are getting married to a Peter Peter Ayeni, you now become Rita Peter Ayeni. You know, you did you know it's 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 you know we laugh about it and but you know these are questions, you know. So who says that? Who says that on once you get married to someone? So for example, maybe after your wedding night immediately the next morning a guy who used to cook for himself before all of a sudden you start cooking for him who says that as a woman you're the one supposed to do the cooking who says as a woman that okay after you've given birth to the child you're the one who will nurture the child through why aren't we having fathers who are you know taking care have you noticed that it's easier for a woman to speak to a girl about issues but really have you checked conversations that happen within men and their fathers they're silent so we need to have more male mentors that we cannot overemphasize that because as women we are limited in how much we can really do and that's the honest truth except i don't want to accept i don't want to make exceptions but there are those conversations that we need to have you know and just generally probe why why do we say a woman must do this why do we say a man is the one that does this the man is the provider of the home, really. And the family is now where the man and the woman are making earning an income. Why do we still stick to that? Man is the provider of the home. Meanwhile, the woman's money is going into things that get out of the home. You know, we say those kinds of things, but those things are not really happening. Even when, even when men come back to you with things like, and the woman's money is her money, and the man's money is our money. Is the woman's money truly her own money? Truly. In the scheme of things, is she not still using it for the family at some point, somehow? You know, so these questions, these things, these stereotypes, you know, as, as they are, we need to begin to interrogate them as a people, you know, and begin to see why, why, why. Because see, before War Room came on board, you know, and it's, and it's such a, it's such a it's disservice to women. That movie, as far as I'm concerned, is such a disservice to women. You know, because I'm sure there was, a, there, was a, there was a different message that was pushed, but clearly not for the Nigerian woman. And you have the Nigerian woman, you know, in, uh, in, in context. But, you know, the media itself, how, is it, how, how does it portray women? So, for example, the woman um, who went viral sometime during the week mm-hmm. about, you know, for, a, for a, a press conference that usually lasts 30 minutes, tops an hour, how come was only one minute clip of the woman pleading to Nigerians to forgive her husband? Was are you saying that there was no clip of the man speaking to apologize? What did the governor have to say, for example? But you see, the media helped in pushing that narrative of you are the one who made the mess of p- putting your dirty linen outside. So we have tagged it as dirty linen outside. That's that's the subtle reminder, subtle way. That, that has been pushed and so you are going to clean it up so it's the woman that was coming to beg the man could have as well come out to beg or if at or look at it in cases where men have gone philandering look at nice for example where the cheating scandal of, of recent you know and the conversation was twisted to say the woman too should die what is there you know you so these are just 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 listen to the conversations that we have to endure in daily life you want to wonder how are people thinking 
are you sure people are not more broken than we actually agree, you know, admit to? Because a lot of broken people in our society, and you'll be shocked at how much of that of those people have been raised in dysfunctional families yeah. with father and mothers. You know, so that's that. Those are those will be my final words. And uh, I think that point you raised about the media is very valid because even down to the way they write headlines, for example, when you see a rape case and it's portrayed as it's what she was doing, where she was going, what she was wearing, things like that, like all these little details, they just change the whole narrative and distort the story and make people not realize that this is actually a problem. And everyone just ends up fighting and dropping invalid comments and opinions online so yeah the media plays a very major role in our society and i think that's something that we as a people need to work on sure so thank you so much for joining us today osasu thank you for your inputs it was really really insightful and i've learned a lot and i'm sure our listeners too have learned a lot from these few minutes so thank you so yeah you are welcome anytime anytime and you're doing an amazing work as well so keep it up thank you (laughs) thanks for listening to this podcast click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform and also subscribe to our youtube channel for more episodes thank you